You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. Detroit, Motown, Farmington, Arkansas. That's cool. I'm in Farmington, Missouri. All right. So before I begin, let's go ahead and get my introduction out of the way, just in case you are new to my ministry. My name is Matt McMillan. I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All my books are available on on Amazon. We got Arizona, Arizona, Connecticut, South Africa. Nice. We got Evangelist Navid. Hello, hello. Oh, your husband's in the alarm business as well. That's cool. All right. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, I've owned my alarm company a little over 21 years. So... Uh, where was I? Oh, I've written seven books. They're all on Amazon. If you've read any of my books, please go back to Amazon and leave me a review or wherever you purchased the book from. I'm also, um, what was it? What's the next part of my introduction? Sorry, I've done this so many times. It's like talking in my sleep. I also have a podcast. The name of my podcast is Walk Talks with Matt McMillan. It's available on all of your favorite podcast apps. Be sure to check it out. I'm recording the latest episode live on Instagram. If you want to be notified when I go live, because these are random, go to my Instagram profile and turn on notifications. We've got Michigan, Maryland. Nice. 40 plus years. That's cool. So he's been doing it a lot longer than me. Uh, let's see what else um oh if you're listening to the podcast please pause the podcast if you're in a safe location and leave me a quick review i appreciate those reviews for the podcast as well all right i'm not a pastor i'm a regular person just like you the word pastor as far as it being translated into an english word is only in scripture in the new testament once and we see it in the book of ephesians chapter 4 We see no list of authority. We see no list of even qualifications. So we are giving people authority who, according to the Bible, have no authority. And according to the Bible, they have no qualifications. So we're going to talk about that today in great detail. Only we're going to talk about the word bishop. Because the word pastor is actually a spinoff of the original word bishop. Okay, so we're going to go over that today. Um, But you don't have to be a pastor to talk about Jesus. You just got to be yourself. Okay. Now, what else? Oh, I don't know everything. Oh, I'm also on YouTube, man. I'm all over the place today. I'm on YouTube. If you're on, if you want to check me out on YouTube, maybe you're listening to the podcast and you want to see my face when I talk, go to YouTube. A lot of people watch on YouTube. I appreciate you watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Give me a thumbs up. If you want to be notified when I upload a new walk talk, hit that bell button. Hey, good morning, everybody. (laughs) All right. Now, I don't know everything. I don't have to know everything. You don't have to know everything. Jesus did not say they will know you because you know everything. He said they will know you by your love. So I hope that's what you get ultimately from every aspect of my ministry. Of course, I fail sometimes, but that doesn't mean I'm a failure. I'm learning and growing and maturing just like you. I don't know everything. So you don't have to know everything. Some ministries are set up on knowing everything. It's like a computer system. I don't want to be known for that. I want to help you with what I have learned so far. I want to help you understand you don't lack anything. As long as you've trusted in Jesus once in your lifetime by grace, you're good to go. (laughs) You, You get to learn and mature and grow from there. You're not changing. You have been changed. Your mind is being renewed to the truth about your complete forgiveness and complete righteousness. All right. If you want to contact me, I always welcome your interaction. Go to my website, go over to the contact page. Be sure to 
reach out there. Don't message me on social media. I do not interact with those. I leave my message button open on social media for personal relationships. So if you want to contact me, you can reach me, just not on social media. Go to my website, go to the contact page. I'll talk to you there. While you're on my website, be sure to check it out. Got tons of free resources. And be sure to sign up for my free daily email. To sign up, all you got to do is go to the free newsletter tab, put your information in there, and early every morning you will get a devotional in your inbox that I have written. All right. So let's get to today's walk talk. Did Constantine paganize the church building? Part two. Now, if you missed part one, be sure to go back and listen to part one, watch part one. It's, it's available on YouTube. Um, it's also the last episode on my podcast, so I'm trying to keep these in a little bit of order. <laughs> um, also, be sure to listen to the previous Walk Talk before that called Should Christians Go to Church? I go over a lot of church history in regard to what Constantine brought in, and I think it might help you. Okay, so um, real quick correction from my last walk talk. I said that the basilica is square. I meant to say that the basilica is rectangle. <laughs> Sometimes I get going on these walk talks and I'm just worked up in a lather, and I, I have my next thought in my head before I finish my first thought, and things get a little bit twisted on that. But I know what a square is, I know what a rectangle is, and a basilica, a Roman basilica, is set up like a rectangle. Rectangle is longer front to back than side to side, and that is how Constantine originally set up these church buildings, was to be modeled after the Roman Basilica. Now, I'm not going to go deep into that because that was actually one topic from last Walk Talk, so check that out if you get some time. I will talk about the Basilica a little bit today, um, but be sure to check that out. I don't want to go over everything I've already gone over because that would take a lot of time. Now, last Walk Talk, I did five errors of what Constantine did to the church building. Today, I'm going to do three errors of what Constantine did to the church building. Um, if you want history on what the word church means, if you want what if you want to know what I mean when I say the word church, go back and listen to that because I'm not going to cover that all over again. But just real quick, quickly, the word church in scripture is never described in a building. The word church, according to what we are, is describing the body of Christ. It is a living organism. The Greek word is actually ekklesia, which means called out ones. So when I refer to the word church, I'm referring to today, for today's walk talk, I'm referring to the actual buildings, just for easy understanding purposes, okay? So when I say Constantine did this to the church buildings, I'm talking about the buildings, not the group. The group remains the same. We are the body of Christ, Okay, the body of Christ has been the same since it was originally established by Jesus. Okay, um, also another full disclaimer, I'm not against any particular denomination. I have not even mentioned a particular denomination. <laughs> I'm not in the habit of doing that. Now, if at some point I do, it is not to attack a particular denomination. I'm not picking on a particular denomination. I don't do that. That is never my goal. But when you talk about certain things in regard to man-made tradition in church history, it doesn't matter what denomination it is, people are going to get their feelings hurt, and that is not my goal. But when you hear something from somebody for so long who you trust or admire or look up to, and then I come along and I say something contrary to that based on what scripture says and church history, I am never trying to hurt your feelings. 
You know, and when our feelings get hurt, it's a lot easier to be angry than it is to just be sad about your feelings being hurt. There's a lot of error that I had to unlearn. And when I learned it, I got angry at, first of all, the person who was telling me that, but then I realized they were telling the truth. But then I got angry at the people who taught me the error. But we just have to understand that we don't know what we know until we know it. And when you feel something about what you learn in regard to the truth of scripture and how we've been taught erroneously in the majority of our church buildings, this is hard. <laughs> I get it. But I am here to actually help you not hurt your feelings. I am never here. I don't, I don't get up in the morning and think, how can I pick on this individual group or this particular flavor or this particular brand of Christianity. I'm never doing that. I just want to go back to see what happened in regard to early church history. And then I want to go to scripture and then I want to compare them. And then I want to gently point out the differences of what's going on today in our modern church. When I say modern church, I'm talking about the Christians who are alive today on planet earth. Okay. So, um, I love you guys. I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody or anything. Okay. So I'm not trying to get you angry. I'm not trying to get you to unfollow me or get you some shock value or stir up trouble. Never. I get accused of that all day long. I get accused of saying we shouldn't go to church. I never say that. I get accused of hating a particular denomination, multiple particular denominations based on what I say, based on what scripture teaches in context of what Christ accomplished. That's never my goal. Okay. So I'm to the point in my life where I have no time in my life to argue about certain things. I have no time in my life to even respond to attacks. I'm just not interested. There's, there's way too many people who are actually looking for help and enjoy what I have to say than the people who want to attack. Okay, so I know the attacks are out there. I see it, but it's fine. It's not a big deal. We, we want to just let people have their opinion and then be careful with how you respond because ultimately how you respond, you know, whether or not they're struggling with some type of gaslighting or accusing uh, you of narcissism, that is what they're going to have to deal with, not you. Okay. Now just, if you're getting into ministry and when I say getting into ministry, I'm not trying to, Oh, get into the ministry. No, I'm just saying, if you're starting to say stuff about Jesus, prepare yourself <laughs> because it's a mixed bag of the responses, but just understand love is your goal. Love from you, love for others. And when you go down the path of, I'm not expressing love very well right now, just pump your brakes and let's just take your time. You might not even want to respond at all, if ever. And sometimes you even have to set healthy boundaries and block people or remove people from your life. It's not what you want. But the Bible says, as long as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. Sometimes that's not possible because of them. They don't want it. All right. Now, uh, what else? Oh, a, a few things I want to reference before I begin this walk talk. Some books I want to recommend. Before I recommend a book, I want to recommend a podcast. There's a podcast by a good friend of mine who truly understands the new covenant. And he actually was a pastor in, in church for a long time. 
And um, he has a podcast. His name is Mike Adams. And the name of his podcast podcast is The Unsunday Show. So The Unsunday Show with Mike Adams. I believe his website is unsunday.com. Check him out. He, like me, has a heart to help people understand the good news of the gospel. And he does a really good job of just let, letting people have their own opinions while still sticking to the truth of what Christ accomplished and using his experiences of being a church leader in institutional religion. So check Mike Adams out. He is the very definition of what an elder is according to scripture. And I'm going to talk about elders today. An elder is simply somebody who is mature in the faith, who loves you and understands the gospel. Okay, so check out Mike Adams, The Unsunday Show. Also, two books, two books. These two books are really going to help you if you're really interested in this in this type of thing. A church building every half mile. Okay, a church building every half mile by John Zins. Okay, check that out. Um, it's a quick, easy read. You'll love it. Now, if you want a deep, deep read on this type of subject, check out Pagan Christianity. Pagan Christianity. In Pagan Christianity, uh, the, both authors go over the deep history and roots of uh, the early church. Okay, so a lot of this stuff, you know, I get this information from a host of all things, but these are some things that I would really recommend that you check out. Okay, so did Constantine paganize the church building? Okay, today let's go over three new errors. Well, they're not new, they're just new for this walk talk, three errors of what Constantine did to the church building. So I'm going to tell you all three and then I'm going to go over all three. So the first error is Constantine put a bishop's chair in the church. Okay. Number one, he put a bishop's chair in the church. Number two, he put the chairs of elders on each side of the bishop's chair. Okay, so number two, he put elders' chairs on each side of the bishop's chair. So it was like a little semicircle. Bishop's chair was the biggest. Okay, and then number three, the sermon was preached from the bishop's chair. The sermon was preached from the bishop's chair. Okay, so we're going to talk about all three of these. Okay, so first of all, number one, he put a bishop's chair in the church. So what's a bishop? The word bishop is not in the Bible, okay? There was a translation in 1 Timothy 3 where we did see the word bishop once, but it has been updated because a better translation is elder, okay? So the word bishop is not in the church. I understand. You get a friend request from bishop so-and-so or you follow bishop so-and-so. This is where it began <laughs> with Constantine because Constantine took a bishop's chair put it in a church. Now, this bishop's chair set up on the stage. Where are we getting the stage? We talked about this in the last walk talk. It's at the basilica. So the Roman culture had this building called a basilica. It was longer front to back than it was side to side. So it was a rectangle. <laughs> However, we don't see that anywhere in the Bible. So at the basilica, at the Roman basilicas, this is where government functions happened, entertainment, and business transactions. Now, the basilica, just real quickly, just in case you don't listen to the previous walk talk, I'll give you some cliff notes on it. The basilica had a stage with people you focused on. 
And then there was a crowd sitting in chairs, okay? Almost like an auditorium at a high school, okay? On the stage is where you focused. It was not group interaction. Group interaction was not encouraged. This was not a conversation. This was you sit, you watch, you listen. This is nowhere in the Bible, okay? Yet, and I feel myself getting a little triggered here, yet everywhere we see these locations we call church, it's set up in a basilica-style format. You got a stage. You got a place for people to sit. You have one person who gets to talk with sub-people below them up on stage. We get this from Constantine taking the Roman Basilica and forming the church buildings around that model. Because this is not in the Bible. The only section of scripture where we see any detailed writings of how our church gatherings actually were conducted is this one spot. 1 Corinthians 11 through 14. That's it. Every other spot in the Bible where you want to say this is church or this is part of the church or this is, that is all superimposed onto scripture based on the model that Constantine created in the fourth century. He started with the basilica. He took the bishop's chair, put it in the basilica on the stage. Okay, this bishop's chair was a substitute for the judge's chair from the basilica. Because keep in mind, this is a Greek person. Constantine is Greek. Yes, Constantine did say he was a Christian, whether or not, nobody knows. We can't say who's a Christian or not. But he took these pagan things, pagan is non-Christian, Greek stuff, and he smashed it into Christianity. He loved the basilica. So he took the basilica format and then said, here's a bishop's chair, which is a judge's chair from the basilica, named it a bishop's chair. And what, what, what is this chair ultimately? The original Greek word is cathedra. The word cathedra means throne. So he put a throne into the body of Christ. Hello? <laughs> now we have spun this off. The bishop has turned into pastor. It's the same format. It is a throne from the basilica. Constantine superimposed into the body of Christ. Yet we do not see this anywhere in scripture. There's no throne. Now here's the thing with this bishop's chair. <laughs> this bishop's chair was huge and big and beautiful and the bishop sat down on it. <laughs> this is not in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> So you can just do the math on that and see how we have come up with what we see today. Okay? Okay, so that's number one. All right, number two. Constantine surrounded the bishop's chair with two rows of elders. So you got on this stage, at the front of this basilica, a huge, beautiful chair 
a throne, the cathedra, from the basilica, only now it's a Christian basilica. And then on each side of this throne, you have a semicircle of the chairs of the elders. This is where we get an elder board from. This is where we get the deacon board from. There is no elder board in scripture. There is no deacon board in scripture. It's not there. <laughs> you would have to superimpose what Constantine established in the fourth century onto scripture in order to say this is pastor's position. This is the elder's position. The elders are only subsequent to the pastor. This is the board. Get in line or you're out. It's not in the Bible. When we see the word elder in scripture, the word elder, there were unbelieving elders. An elder is simply somebody who is mature in a particular faith. There are pagan tribal religions who have elders who walk around with the spear and they're, they're teaching demonic stuff. There were elders in Judaism who followed Jesus around trying to trap him in his words. An elder is not what we see today where it's Brother Jim or Brother Bob up on stage under pastor whoever. And, and you messed up, so we got to get you in here. We got to straighten you out. And if you don't like it, you're gone. When you hear this, you're like, eh, eh, eh. it's not in the Bible. So if your conscience is seared with a pastor or bishop or whoever you want to put up top with elders below them, that's not in the Bible. We get this notion because Constantine took the elders had two rows of seats in the middle, set the cathedra, the throne, and this was a semicircle. So here you have all the laity. Oh, yes, yes, the laity. I am the laity of the crowd. Oh. And then you got the, <laughs> the clergy. And only the, only the clergy could be up on stage at the, at the Christian basilica because the Christians didn't have churches. And you got the bishop and you got the elders. Constantine came up with this. So this is the second error of what he came up with. Here's another thing. This is, mm, calm down, calm down. <laughs> I'm triggered right now. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Calm down. Keep it cool. I grew up in this trash. Okay. I know what it's like. And, mm, <laughs> okay, just be proper. Express your graciousness. I'm going to. <laughs> okay. I can say this. I can say this. <sighs> this is so ingrained. I think I'm back. This is so ingrained. And I was, I was, it's fine for me to have a come apart every once in a while. <laughs> I just need to reel it back in. This is so ingrained in, in certain denominations and cultures. <laughs> Some of them say you cannot be a female elder. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, calm down. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh my gosh. Just the sexism, subjugation, complementarianism, all this absolute dung is in our modern church and they take this stuff and they say if you're a female you cannot be an elder and they'll say right here in first timothy right here a husband of one wife 
A husband of one wife, you cannot be an elder, you cannot serve in the church, you cannot lead, you can, oh, but you can teach the children. Absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. So first of all, First Timothy is not about a church building. Who said Timothy was a pastor? Who said Timothy had an elder board? We have superimposed this onto First Timothy because of what Constantine did with the early church. With the bishop's chair, with the elders surrounding the bishop's chair. And he was on the throne, the big throne. And then you got the littler thrones. And then you got you stupid people out here. Air quotes. And you cannot be a, you cannot be a female elder. It says it right here. So you cannot serve in the church in that position because you're a female. So we're building doctrine, first of all, on man-made tradition of an elder being somebody subsequent to a pastor saying Timothy was a pastor. The word pastor is not in First or Second Timothy or in Titus. We want those to be pastoral letters. That way we can push the church agenda and so it can perpetuate and control the masses. That just triggers me so badly because I have a daughter. And imagine if I said to Grace, you can't do this because you're a female. Oh, you want to be an elder in a church? Nope. First Timothy says husband of one wife. Garbage. Absolute trash. Paul told the Galatians, there is neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ. So what are we to make of this? When you hear this, because our modern church is so crammed with this trash of an elder as somebody up on stage or subsequent to a pastor that they think that you cannot be that based on 1 Timothy 3. But 1 Timothy 3 has nothing to do with the elder board because there is no elder board. This has to do with one spouse. Oh, it says right here, husband of one spouse. Yeah, one spouse. If you're practicing polygamy, how are you going to guide anybody? If you can't keep your own house in order because you got 10 wives, how are you going to help anyone as somebody mature in the way? You can't. Don't surround yourself with anybody like that, Timothy. Surround yourself with people who have one spouse, who are under control, who know the gospel. This has nothing to do with you being a female, not being able to preach, much less teach under the preacher. Just stop. Constantine started this because he had the bishop's chair. It's the throne, a throne, an actual throne. The word cathedra means throne and he put it in the basilica, which our churches are modeled after that. And we see nowhere that we see this nowhere in scripture. Nowhere. An elder is somebody who understands Christ, everything about Jesus, who you are in Jesus, what he's done for you, to you, and now what he wants to do with you and through you. It's not somebody who has a particular genitalia. If you have a male who does not know anything about Jesus, but they are claiming to, and then you have a female who clearly understands what Christ accomplished through the cross and resurrection, you need the female to be the elder in your life. 
This has nothing to do with the woman not being able to preach or teach or be on stage or be a pastor because it's not there. <laughs> Matter of fact, we see in 1 Corinthians, women should prophesy. The word prophesy means to speak. Okay? <laughs> But you have an isolated incident in this crazy group of Corinthians where this is the model for our modern church and what it really looks like and how we're supposed to set it up. And they're interrupting their husbands and there's people getting drunk and eating all the Lord's so eating the, the communion, the Lord's supper before everybody gets there. There's people up on stage speaking or not on stage, just out loud because there was no stage. There is people speaking foreign human languages. Visitors are coming in. There's nobody to translate and everybody thinks they're mad. This is not at a church building. This is not a female who has to sit down, shut up. This is not, you better listen to this person or else. This is nothing like that. So we got the pastor. <laughs> we got the bishop seat. We got the elder board. This is where you get your elder board from. And then number three. Number three, the sermon was preached from the bishop's chair. This is where it began. This is where one individual getting to have a spotlight on them while other people sat passively and listened and respected them based on what they say and what this person says goes because they're on the throne in front of you. Shut up. See yourself to the door if you don't like it. Start it with Constantine because this is not in Scripture, we're supposed to go to scripture to build our modern church, right? Or to build church, period. But we see none of this. None of this. There is no one person on stage, on stage or in a chair or any individual person giving a sermon. None of that. No sermons. There's no sermon. You know, our modern church would do itself a, a favor if it looked more like AA meetings, the setup of it. I'm not saying the information, but I'm saying the setup. Because when we go to scripture, we see in 1 Corinthians 14 that each person is encouraged to take a turn and say what they want to say. But we get this idea of a person on stage. Everybody has to, air quotes, bow down. Because of what Constantine did to the church buildings by putting the bishop's chair in there. Created an elder, two rows of elders on each side of the bishop's chair. And then the, the sermon was preached from the bishop's chair. Nobody gives sermons. There are no sermons. So if you stand up and you say something, that's not a sermon. That's just you sharing. Everybody is encouraged to share. There's no top-down authority. There's no honorific titles. We are a body. A body has many parts and every part has a function and everybody, every body part is vital to the body functioning to serve one another, to love one another, to let everybody know about what happened at the cross, to let everybody know about what happened at the resurrection. But yet we have one person at these modern-day basilicas 
up on stage. This person is so burnt out because this is one body part. And if there's only one part, where is the body, Paul said in 1 Corinthians. But this one body part, who probably is really good at speaking, that's set up on the error that came from what Constantine established. Because it's not in scripture. We got to go back to the Bible. That is how we're supposed to set things up. If you want to share, share. Just do it in order. If you have a song to sing, sing it. If you have something to say, say it. If you, if you have a supernatural gift you want to express, do it under control and in order. It's so simple. You know, this being preached to from a spot is so ingrained in the minds of billions of people, they even think Jesus gave a sermon. They call it the Sermon on the Mount. The words the Sermon on the Mount are not in the Bible. That is a subheading put into the Bible by the publisher. We want, and I say we, it's not me, it's, that's a soft we. <laughs> we want this to be a Sermon on the Mount so we can ugh, prop up what we have today. Where it's one person who knows everything. Go to me. We even see it in the New Covenant community. One individual knows everything. It's like a computer. Because super good orator never heard them trip over their words or get a scripture wrong. And they can go right to the scripture. Like a computer. It's not in the Bible. We are not supposed to look to one individual for an hour on Sunday for everything that we are to live by. We are the ecclesia. We all have a function. Started with Constantine. Started with Constantine. He paganized, in my opinion, lots of parts of what the body of Christ is supposed to be. But if we just go back to scripture, we just look Look, look for it. Do we see any of this anywhere? No, the only way we could possibly come up with that is if we superimposed our view onto the Bible. That's it. So are you saying we just shouldn't listen to pastor or go to church? Who said that? You're free. You're free to do whatever you want. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. I'm not going to create any new law. You're free. You now have the knowledge of where that came from. You now have the knowledge of what Christ has done for you. Forgive you completely at the cross. To you, cause you to become righteous through the resurrection. And now what he wants to do through you, like a vine and a branch, to express the fruit of the spirit, to bear love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, through your actions and attitudes, you are free to go and do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. You're saying people can do what they want? That is exactly what I'm saying. Do what you want. You want what God wants. Oh, you're just saying people can sin. You don't want to sin. Go ahead. Try it. It's not for you. It will be like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, and it will never set right with you. You can do it for a 100 years, and you'll stand in front of God, and he'll say, I told you that wasn't for you. but you trusted in my son, that's what matters. He won't say, did you obey pastor? No, 
He will say, did you, did you, uh, were you obedient to the elder board? Nope. He won't say that. Did you get up and go to church on Sunday? He won't say that. He's going to say, what did you believe about Jesus? And he's already going to know that. He's going to know. <sighs> you know, we see this same thing happening with, with the disciples. In Matthew chapter 19 and Matthew chapter 20, there's a section of the Bible where it looks like Jesus is saying the 12 disciples are going to sit on 12 thrones and judge. No, he is giving an impossible standard. A lot of people will go over oh, right here, Matthew 19, it says it's going to do it. And this is why Israel's in charge of everything. Blah, blah, blah. No, keep going. Matthew was not written in chapters and verses. You need to read Matthew 19 and 20 together. You read that. And Jesus is giving an impossible standard and telling them what they cannot do. And it's only possible with God. Oh yeah, with, with God, it is going to be possible because I'm going to be on a throne. No, you're not. There's one throne. That's it. And the person on that throne came to serve you. Oh, I got to serve the Lord. It is such a delight to serve the Lord. No, he said he doesn't need to be served. The very next chapter, Matthew 20. I did not come to be served, but to serve. You guys are arguing over who is going to be judging others, who's going to be in charge. May it never be like that among you. That's what the unbelievers do. If you really want to be great, Jesus said, you got to serve. And you're not serving him. You serve one another. He does not need to be served. He is God. But we turn serving into a works-based righteousness and then compare it or then feel shameful because we're not doing enough because grandma so-and-so said you got to do this or neighbor blue hair Betty really got on to me because I missed church two days in a row or my extremely legalistic aunt wants to tell me I have to repent better or else I'm not really saved. Error. All that stuff is works-based error, whether you, want to whether you want to cloak that in repentance or serving or building attendance. All you got to do, wake up every day, be yourself. That's it. It's so easy. It's so easy. Jesus said, it's not going to be like this among you. The Gentiles want to judge one another. You don't need to be on a throne, <laughs> but yet we got a throne. Oh, it's not. There are some locations where it is an actual throne, but, <laughs> and it's a big, beautiful chair that an individual sits on. You, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's from Constantine. The bishop's chair in on the stage. That's from Constantine. There is no bishop. That word was elder and they changed it back. And if you really want to be an elder, you serve. If you really want to be an elder, you don't have multiple wives because how are you going to serve other people if you can't even keep track of what your family's doing? Your family's out of control. You know, and this isn't even a rebuke. This is, you don't want this extra stress in your life. Some people say, oh, until you get your household in order, you cannot serve. 
So then what does that person do? Starts to lay the hammer down at home because I am going to serve. I'm going to serve in my church. So I got to get my household in order first because pastor said, I, once I get my household in order, then I can serve at church, but not, not till then. So you're going to listen to me. You're going to suck that, shut down and shut up. You're going to sit down and shut up because you're a woman. You're going to sit down and shut up because you're a child. No love. But we turn this into qualifications. It's not qualifications to do anything in a building. It is simply qualifications to be able to love others and show them Christ. That's it. So, so I hope this uh, has encouraged you guys today. Did Constantine paganize the church building? This is part two. I personally want to say yes, but I really have no right to say that. You can make your own decision. That's up to you. But here's what we, here's really what we do want to look at. A lot of what we see today that is continual with our church buildings, that is perpetuating ongoingly, started with what Constantine did by making Christianity the most popular religion on the planet, giving it protection, taking many different aspects of his pagan roots and his Roman roots, and then creating this ice cream swirl of Christianity and paganism. Putting a, a throne in the church, making the church building out to be the model of a basilica. Having elders surround that throne. Having the sermon preached on the first day of the week from that throne. It's all based on what Constantine has done. It's not in the Bible. We got to go to the Bible to build up the body of Christ. And if you want to see how the body of Christ is to operate, you have to go to 1 Corinthians 11 through 14. That is it. Anything else that anybody else wants to say, this is how the church is to operate is error. Because it's not the context whatsoever. It is them wanting to superimpose what Constantine originally established onto scripture. We have to let scripture teach us the truth, not push our, tr our air quotes truth into the Bible and say, this is how it is. There's no thrones. There's no elder boards. There's no Sunday sermon. There's no basilica. There's no complementarianism. There's no ceremonies. There's no rituals. There's no special item. There's no holy geographic region. There's no holy geographic place. That is you. You are holy. You house God. You are the temple of the Lord. You are where the spirit dwells. So, all right, guys. So I hope this has encouraged you today. I hope it has brought to light maybe some error about Constantine. So always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You're righteous. You're holy. You're blameless. You're a new creation. You're a child of God. You are awesome. So always tell the truth about yourself. Always be yourself. Love y'all. Bye.
thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.